Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. In this episode, I talked with Chani. I met Chani through Zach, the soccer player, who was on episode 15, if you want to go back and listen. I met Zach through Oasis, which is kind of where I met maybe my first 10 or so guests. It was a hotbed of interesting, inspired people for sure. And Chani is a world traveler. She's uh, got a degree in American Sign Language. She is a digital nomad. And... She is becoming a yoga instructor, and she's lived in Bali, Australia, Germany, Canada in the last 12 months, and I'm going to be meeting her coming up next week in California. (laughs) So it's kind of a crazy thing. She's just a really bright, inspired young girl. She's got some great stories. What I loved about um, talking with her was that her passion and her inspiration spread to many directions, and I think that we'll see that quickly. Let's do this. Here's Chani. Hi, Jenny. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jane. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be talking to you because we have this like really peripheral connection or actually close connection in a way, but we've never actually met until today. Exactly. This is very, very true. And <laughs> I've heard a lot about you. Um, all good, I promise. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, do I have to ask? Do I have to get details on that? <laughs> no, no, no. All good stuff. Just that you're a big sweetheart. Ah, I hope so. That's. I think that's why people keep talking to me. Otherwise, I'm not really sure what it is because <laughs> I typically don't have a lot of new things to say. So, um, <laughs> so we met through. It's a. It's sort of a hop, skip, and a jump. So I met. So I from Oasis, the mm-hmm. which is actually going live again. I'm so excited. We'll have to talk about that. Yes, and then, definitely. And then through Oasis, I met Zach, who's your boyfriend, who then I met you. And you both work for Optimize.me now, or Optimize at this point, right? Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, I think Zach's been with them for years and years now. And I'm on my <laughs> third or second or third year with them. So it's awesome. Oh, I love it. I didn't realize it was that long already. Boy, time goes so fast. I know. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, um, so Zach is a is a prior guest on the show as well. So if anyone wants to go back after this and check out Zach, the soccer player, um, he's somewhere back there in the teens or so. Um, we'll link <laughs> it at the end of the show. Link him back to you. But um, I was so excited when I did his show because he was in Bali and you guys were just moving around all the time. Where in the world are you these days? So right now and for the next week, we're going to be in Frankfurt, Germany. Mm-hmm. And um, and then after that, we're actually popping off uh, back home for a couple of days and then off to California. <gasps> I think I'm going to see you there. Really? <laughs> I am. I'm totally going to be there. Are you going for the hero training? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's I'm totally awesome. going to be there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We just confirmed that we could a like afford the airfare and get everything together. And, uh, I think it was maybe not even a week or two ago that we finalized all the details. Oh, I'm so excited. Cause I think the last time that I checked in with you or Zach, it was uh, unknown. So I'm yeah. so glad I'm going to get to meet you guys in person. This is awesome. Oh my I gosh. Know, it's going to be an amazing weekend. We're going to have tons of fun. I know. I can't I even, know. I actually can't think about it. Like, I mean, I've been talking to some of these people, including Brian and Evan, everyone for, I don't know, three or four years now, maybe uh, ever yeah. since uh, the Oasis launched online and in email and different things like that. And like to start meeting all these people in person will be just phenomenal. I mean, I've met probably, gosh, maybe four, four or five Oasis people in person now after knowing them online for a long time. So it's, it's really, it's, it's exciting. It's, uh, it's the coolest thing. Cause you feel like you really know each other deeply exactly. because of the kind of conversations that we have, you know? Exactly. And the funny thing is, is while you're going to be meeting them for the first time, so are Zach and I. Oh, wow. Oh, really? You mean Brian? <laughs> yeah. No, we've you... never met Brian. <gasps> we've never met Evan. No way. <laughs> yeah. Oh we've never gosh. even met them. Yeah. That's Zach incredible. Was I know Zach was worrying about like his handshake a couple days ago, and what. <laughs> so it's gonna be it's gonna be so fun. I'm nervous. Like, it's it's just gonna be so exciting, especially I seeing know. Alexandra and the new baby oh, Eleanor. Oh my I gosh! I know everything about it is gonna be great. You know, when I met the first person that I'd met on Oasis in person, I remember being absolutely a nervous wreck about it, mm-hmm. and. For a lot of reasons, just a lot of reasons, mainly in my own head. So things like Zach has the handshake thing. I have my own things that I get nervous about when I meet people after knowing them virtually. And it's it's like actually meeting, it's like seeing family again. It's so it's so uneventful in a way and just like so <laughs> heart filled. You know what I mean? You're so your yeah. heart's so swollen with love for them already that yeah. It doesn't any of that. So tell Zach to not sweat that. <laughs> I'm sure That's he's exactly glad that we I talked said. about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I just straight up told him, I was like, you guys are going to hug. It'll be great. Oh, like, it'll be, yeah. There will be no handshakes, all hugs. <laughs> I know, for sure. It'll be like, we'll have to just allow two hours at the start of the session for everybody to hug everybody else. It'll be like that. Exactly. I think that, especially when you get together with like-minded people who mm-hmm. believe in certain a certain depth of connection and, and depth of relationship, I think that once you spend time with them or you get to meet them in person, things just flow. Like mm-hmm. you just flow together. Right. Like I said, it's like family. Like you, you know, like you pick up where you left off, you know? Exactly. So just before we got on the call, I was asking you what I did. Like, I know that Zach is passionate about soccer and his um, life philosophies. I know that, you know, the artist I just recorded the other day, she's a painter. I know she's passionate about painting. I'm like, hmm, Channy, 
I don't know exactly what you're passionate about. So I started asking that question <laughs> and realized we can't even start. We're going to wait till we get on the call. So let me start with that. Describe to me um, what it is that like lights you up in your life. Like what, what you, what you follow, what makes you be this vibrant light that you are for everyone around you. Yeah. Um, it's a really tough question and it's one that I've been asking myself for years now. And I have so many different things that I'm interested in and that I'm genuinely passionate about that I feel strongly about that I am invested in. And I kind of realized after talking with my mom, she was actually the one who kind of got down to the nitty gritty of it. But she pointed out to me that a lot of it has to do with communication. Um, And so I think that's one of my biggest passions is connecting with people. Um, I sing, I belly dance, I act, I did American Sign Language in university along with psychology. Um, I'm really passionate about being kind and loving to other people and trying to impact their day positively. And yeah, it kind of just all comes back to, to connecting and communicating alongside with like, especially yoga, which is Mm -hmm. where I'm really diving in deep right now is my yoga practice and becoming a really good or a passionate yogi who's dedicated to her practice and dedicated to kind of growth. Um, and yeah, I still connect that with the whole theme of connecting and communicating with individuals and, and giving back what I can. Well, I think um, what's beautiful about that particular broad spectrum of passion is that you're really, everyone else benefits from it. <laughs> everyone around you benefits from the way that you're focusing your intention and your passion. I mean, maybe if we if I step back a minute, that maybe is how it is for many people, you know, when, when people pursue what they're passionate about, maybe that's the end result of, of any of them. But it's especially yeah. apparent in the way that you just described it, because everybody benefits from you putting time and effort into connecting with people. Yeah. And that's what I've kind of noticed is the things that make me that bring me the most joy or that I find myself coming back to again and again and thinking about and getting the most out of are the the passions or the interests in which I feel like I'm making a difference or I have an opportunity to light up someone's day like that's Mm -hmm. what really yeah, I just, I wake up and I'm like, without even quite meaning to, I'm headed back towards that, that hobby or that, that career without mm-hmm. even realizing it. Oh, that's really beautiful. Do you think that you had that always? Like, you're, I mean, you're very young. So, I mean, it, first of all, I'm amazed you're figuring this out already, but do you think that was always, <laughs> always part of you? You know what? I think that for That's a really good question. And I don't know if it was always a part of me, but I can, I can pinpoint a time when I realized it was something that I wanted. Um, and that was really early on in my teens. Um, and you know, I've told the story to most people who know me end up asking about it because I have a tattoo about it, but I met someone who was really troubled when I was really young and going through my own troubles. And I so badly wanted to be able to help And at the same time, I was this super self-centered teenager who, you know, you're, Mm -hmm. you're 
the world revolves around you when you're a young right. teenager. Totally you know, normal. You th- totally normal. Exactly. But it kind of was this big shock in my system where I cared so deeply about this person. I really wanted to take care of them and I related to them and I just couldn't. I didn't have the tools. And it made me kind of take a look at myself and what I had to work on to be able to be stronger and I guess more centered and more educated about helping other people. And I think really, yeah, around that time, maybe age 13, that's when I kind of decided like, Oh, this is, this is important to me. This feels like a big thing. Like it's related to my happiness and my ability to make other people happy too. You know, as I was asking you that question, I'm like, in my head, I was thinking, she's so young because a lot of times people later in life who make who make a who finally figured out figure out what they want to do there was like a tipping point I'm like could she have had a tipping point already and that's what was in my head and you went right to it you actually had this tipping point (laughs) in your life where it really turned you in that direction you know in quite a big way and it that's a lot of wisdom in what you just said that at 13 you. you realized that you didn't have the tools to do to help someone in the way that you wanted to that's that's like some deep young wisdom there. My gosh. Yeah, it was definitely a hard realization at the time. I mean, above and beyond just being (laughs) a 13 year old who Mm -hmm. thinks that the world revolves around them, being able to help someone who really needs help and understanding that you can't, you can't, you know, you can't fix someone who's that hurt on the inside and you can't, you can't love them enough that they're going to love themselves. You just have to kind of help guide them to whatever resources that can help them get educated about how to love themselves. That was just, it was this crazy period in my life. And I think that's kind of when I, for a couple of years afterwards, a lot of people who talked to me, they were like, I get this feeling like you're an old soul. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I kind of had to grow up a little bit. Do you, um, have you, like, how did it make you step back or hesitate to help people in any way because of that experience, at, like, at first? Um, I almost want to say the opposite. I, mm. I think that I dove headlong into, um, into a hero complex almost. Like, mm. a lot of the people that I got involved with and spent a lot of time with were struggling with things and needed help and wanted help and, um, needed a shoulder to cry on or someone to listen and, and empathize with them. And I, I started to notice how lacking that was in my teens that a lot of people are so busy thinking about what's going on with them. And and that's important, but Mm -hmm. that they are almost aren't able to, to empathize with what another person is going through and find time in, in the day for it. So yeah, I think I kind of ran headlong into that, actually. <laughs> the reason I asked that is um, when you said that about how some people you just can't help them, you know, I mean, I get that on the bigger scale. And I mean, as an adult, or, or not as an adult, but where I am now in my life, I understand that. But at one point, we took in a, a teenager who was, you know, going through some very troubled times. And in my head, I pictured the like the movie The Blind Side, like oh, mm-hmm. we're gonna take him in and it's gonna be awesome. And I mean, I literally, you know, um, embraced him as part of our, you know, brought him into the fold basically, and you know, did yeah. everything I could from what I knew to help, like to make him feel part of our family, right? Um, yeah. But he needed so much more. 
in yeah. the way of of support and sorting out the experiences that he had had and 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 trust trusting people like he had never had anyone he could trust so mm-hmm. i didn't understand you know his i didn't understand his behavior and i didn't understand and eventually um we we had to you know help get him help elsewhere and i remember ever since then i really pull back on helping people because i'm afraid of doing more damage you know what i mean like did was that better for yeah. him to experience it or worse i don't really we can't we'll never know you know mm-hmm. um so that's why i asked that so i i uh um i'm i'm impressed by the fact that you dove in but that you dove in and kept helping people because for me it made me sort of like step back one step and go i'll be more cautious next time i don't you know i don't want to make it worse for somebody or whatever so yeah brave very brave great job <laughs> i i think i just when I think about it, it, it wasn't even, have you ever heard the interview with Will Smith where he's like, you don't, you know, you stick to plan A, you, and there's no room for plan B, like it's do or die. That's it. Mm-hmm. When I realized that I was not someone I was happy with, that I was really focused on myself and really just sort of not contributing. And I didn't want that to be who I was mm-hmm. and that I, I couldn't help other people or I, I didn't even know really how to be of service. I, I had to believe that like with this, you know, the spirit or the passion and conviction that I could make a difference. And it was just, I feel like the way I describe it or the way I feel it inside was that my entire existence depended on being able to change my circumstances and like b- genuinely knowing to the depths of my soul that I could make a difference and that the effort I put in every single day to become a better human would amount to something. And I think that's why I kept running headlong is I just had this like stubborn conviction that I could do it. It mattered. There was no other option. Hmm. It was do or die. That is, that's really impressive. I'm not even kidding. I'm like sitting here jaw dropped. Oh, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's impressive or if it's just another symptom of like being a teenager and thinking you're the king of the world and, and, and believing it. But I think it's, you know, I was also a really troubled teenager. I was going through my own personal struggles and I was really, really low at one point. And so I just, giving up wasn't an option. Like I couldn't, yeah. And no matter how bad it got on some days, like I I just couldn't, I couldn't buy this idea that this was all there was. And I just had to keep waking up every morning and life was sucking and there was nothing that I can do, could do. And kind of, like I said before, without even quite meaning to, I would end up back on this train of like really trying my best, like caring so much about how I behaved and what actions were leading to more pain or like hurting others versus what were making things better for me or yeah, making things better for me or for other people. Yeah. Without even meaning to, I would get back on up on the horse and, and keep trying to problem solve. This is the thing. People can't see you, but I'm sure they can hear it through your voice. You're an incredibly <laughs> bright light. You know, oh, as you, you. <laughs> as you talk about these difficult things, I can hear the, you know, kind of the hardness, you know, that's, that, that's there because that was hard. Right. But yeah, 
who you are today, who you've become today. And like, there's this huge amount of time ahead to become like, like astronomically bright, but like, like <laughs> who you are already is so different from the way you're describing then. Was there, was it something about like, do you feel like it had to be finding a different kind of compassion? Was it compassion for others, for yourself? Was it like, I know I'm making this really hard, but I think this is a really great learning opportunity for both me and anyone listening. It's, it's uh, great to hear it firsthand from people that go through things. Yeah, I don't know. Um, wow, what was so? Was it was it a was it shifting from more of a compassionate view versus uh, was that the like what was the what was the what was the turn? Was it? I feel like there was definitely more than one, but one thing, and it's kind of this thought that has stuck with me for so long was that knowledge, maybe there's two parts to it. One was that if I, if I didn't, if I kept choosing to be really selfish and just like not be open and not talk to anyone or work on myself, I knew for a fact that I was guaranteed to be unhappy and that the people around me would be unhappy too. Like mm -hmm. that I would not just be unhappy on the inside, but that I think I would sort of like seep mm. hurt outwards because someone who, not everyone, but I think I had just seen that, that mm -hmm. if all you can do is kind of like be focused on your own pain and, and sink deeper into it every day and dive to new depths in there, that you don't just end up hurting yourself, but because you're not, because you're making reasons why or justifying why it's okay to be like that, the people around you who care about you also suffer mm -hmm. just by being in proximity to you. And that I couldn't, something in me was just like, I just remember saying no, like, I don't want that. Like, I don't want to lose everyone in my life or hurt everyone in my life just because I'm too afraid to stop making excuses for myself or stop giving reasons. Yeah. So I guess in a way it was compassion. Like I knew that I could live with being unhappy myself, but mm -hmm. I couldn't live with the insensitivity of you, like of just staying in that unhappiness if it meant crushing those around me or right. Right. I get it. breaking. Yeah. And I get, I totally agree with that, that it, um, it seeps in, or sometimes it's a vortex. Sometimes it's like, it sucks yeah. in everyone around them. So totally. shifting gears a little bit here, um, just to give some contrast, describe to me your life today a little bit, like what your life is like, what you do. That's a, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> for the last couple of years and continuing until now, I travel the world. Um, I have so far been to Germany, to Australia, to Indonesia. Um, and I've lived, yeah, I've lived in a couple different places over the last couple years since graduating university. And I work, um, obviously with optimize. So a location independent job as a virtual assistant and customer service, um, representative. And that means that I can kind of keep doing this awesome traveling passion that I have. Yeah. 
And on top of that, in the last year, I kind of um, dove to a deeper level with my yoga. I had always kind of been connected to it from the time I was a teenager and gone back and forth between a couple different styles, but never really practiced it. And while we were in Australia, I found this beautiful studio that had such great teachers and I connected with them in such a different way. And I think they embodied compassion and love for yourself and enjoyment of the practice, like not taking yourself so seriously. Mm -hmm. And at that point it, I was hooked. And Mm -hmm. so I, I did my yoga teacher training while we were in Bali and, and now I'm kind of diving super deep into yoga and and the yogic philosophy and how it relates to my purpose on this world. So, yeah. So, so like like let's just pause on that for a minute, okay? Yeah. Because I talk to people, I talk to you and Zach and different people that live this um location independent, is that what you called it? Location independent work where yeah. you work from anywhere because yeah. I yeah, so I'm sort of in the same boat but I haven't quite moved my location yet. Um, mm-hmm. so I've talked to people like that, so I get it. But like, if you don't have that, like, listen to this, um, you're in your twenties, right? And you, yeah. you, um, you, you took your yoga training in Bali. Okay. Let's just stop on that one. <laughs> like who does that? Right. And you, um, met your inspire, inspiring yoga teachers in Australia and you're now in Germany and then you're going to Canada and then to California. And this is all in the same year. Pretty much, yeah. or maybe the last 12 months, I would say, right? Yeah, the last 12 months, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I have to say, so many people, you know, they hear about people who travel, like 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 me, who travel the world. And another way to put it, Zach loves calling us digital nomads. And I, I agree, it's, it's, right. it's fantastic, but... I think the most valuable thing that I've learned from traveling is that, you know, even more so than university, which was a fantastic experience for me, I have changed and grown so much over this la- the last two years than I probably ever could have being in school just by meeting different people and coming across opportunities that I never would have if I had just stayed in my hometown Mm -hmm. and you named a couple being able to do a yoga teacher training in Bali. And I never would have met gone to this studio because we wouldn't have had it in my hometown. So Mm -hmm. above and beyond seeing beautiful places in the world, I think the most amazing part of traveling is going outside of your comfort zone and getting to experience things and have experiences that you otherwise never would have. And you it would blow your mind how much it changes you and who you become. If you had told me, if you had, (laughs) you had told me two years ago that I would be a yoga teacher, I would have like laughed in your face and put $200 down that that would never have happened. Never. And you know, my dad, he, uh, he was kind of like a diplomat, you know, he worked in, um, developing countries to help them, and their economies. And he, when we first started traveling, talked to me and he, he said, there is something so valuable that people underestimate about being able to travel and connect with individuals across the world. And that's, you become 
so flexible in your thinking, in your ability to relate to people because people are different everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. They're they're so similar and so different. And if you can find a way to connect with people in Germany and in Indonesia and Australia and the US and Canada, and you can make friends and bring people joy, you gain this amazing ability to take that with you in any situation. So you can meet a CEO of a company or an extremely serious lawyer and you have this flexibility in your mind where you can almost fit in with that person and it's mm -hmm. so much more natural and that's I didn't consider that a lot before traveling but now I notice it and it's it's 100% true you get really good <laughs> at making other people comfortable regardless of their background mm -hmm. that's true even just the like the acceptance of people exactly it changes our Sometimes people are raised in such a way that they're taught to um, not accept other people for whatever reasons, right? But yeah. going out and seeing people in their natural habitat, for lack of a better phrase, um, mm -hmm. in their own, you know, in, in their own country, their own town, their own home, it just gives you that perspective of accepting all people for the way, you know, yep. for their lives, because everybody, there's not really a right or wrong for the most part, right? There's yep. um, the way that we're, the way that we develop. So go see, it's just like, it's fascinating to me. I mean, the fact that you've accumulated that much information and that much experience in that short a time, it's incredible. So how would, if people are interested in doing that, like, especially um, kids coming out of college or going into college, what are some things that enabled you to do this? Like, what would you say, or is there any advice you can give to help them maybe create the same kind of life if that's what they want? Yeah, I mean, to me, it seems already like people in my age group have so many of the tools because mm -hmm. it's, you know, the age of technology. Yeah. They're so up to date on social media, like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, they're so good at managing them. They're so self-sufficient. It's a one trait that, you know, my, my parents especially kind of take for granted that I have is if you don't know how to do something, researching it, Googling it right off the bat, you know, right. digging through a couple of different articles on how to do something, watching some tutorials going on YouTube. That is an amazing trait that, you that not a lot of people have you know my parents always ask me how to do things and I'm like I promise you if you get into the habit of googling how to do that it's going to benefit you <laughs> so so much because anytime you have a question it's instinctual to just oh I'm just going to check this out and hundreds of other people have already had that problem and they've written about it and they've documented it and how to fix it and so a lot of kids or young adults or adults around my age group, I think that they have the tools at their fingertips. Do you find when you're traveling, do you like being in a place for a while or do you like hopping around? That's such a good question. Um, I also wanted to add, you cannot put a dollar value on being able to work in your pajamas. That's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the shower, like, the shower optional. That's always uh, on the, on yes. the, when you're running late, that's always a good option too. Exactly. Like as long as it's man, not a that, habit, you know, 
Exactly. That brings me so much joy being able to be in my sweatpants and be banging out tasks for my, you know, my, my job and feeling uber comfortable at the same time. So when you're traveling, do you like to stay in one place for a long time or hop around more? Because I, I just yes. put up a show from the van lifers, um, Conan and Callie, the, the Winomads. And they, mm-hmm. you know, they move every few days and they like that. Like for me, I would go bonkers. I need, I need to be a little bit more rooted than that. Um, so what about you? Yes, I, I would agree that I like spending a little bit longer in places and really getting the authentic feel for the area that I'm in. Like, Mm -hmm. I would say the shortest amount of time that I enjoy spending in a spot is a month. Mm -hmm. And, um, maybe like three or four months is a sweet spot because, you get to know people and you get to really connect with them and you can kind of put down roots and make sure that, I mean, you know me, I work for Brian and he, he drills it into our heads. You know, he talks about it so much and I really believe it, you know, having habits and really healthy ones Mm -hmm. um, daily is so important, especially for me, you know, one of the biggest turning points for my, like, I like to call it like my mental health journey was meditating and when we're moving around and traveling every week or every other week um my habits fall off and I notice like my irritability goes up and and um I just kind of get tired and I get down in the dumps easily if I'm not sticking with my meditation and with my yoga and stuff so staying a little bit longer in areas a month to three Mm -hmm. helps me have the best of both worlds, you know, have that daily routine where I'm really investing in my mental health so that I can give back to my community or my immediate surroundings or in any way that I can, the best that I can, Mm -hmm. but also being able to keep sticking with that journey of self-discovery by traveling and meeting different people and Oh, I was just going to say, and I, I don't know if it's like that for everyone. For me personally, if I'm only there two weeks or less, I feel it's almost like a pressure every single day to to kind of get out the door and mm-hmm. go see more things. And it's, you know, I, it's almost like I'm, I start to get a little bit stressed out if I'm not doing that. So taking the time at home to meditate and do my yoga and making sure I'm eating you know, really healthy foods in the morning, um, taking my vitamins and writing in my journal. It almost feels like a luxury or like I'm wasting time when I'm doing those things if I don't have much time in a, in one spot. Um, yeah, that's exactly but, it. It's a guilt trip. It's yeah. Like a, yeah, I can't do everything kind of thing. Yeah, so that's kind of my biggest piece of advice is if you travel somewhere and you you start to get that feeling because of the timeline you've created. Keep that in mind for the next time you go and lengthen it a little bit and see if you still feel that pressure when you wake up um, to go out, get out the door and go see things and go do things. And if, if you are still feeling that and you're feeling rushed through your habits or that you should put them off, extend your stay until that feeling kind of dies down and there's enough room for your health and wellness and your self-discovery. How long did it take you to develop habits like this? Like how long have you had this kind of routine? Has it been since you've been working with Brian or did that start before then? Um, another amazing question. 
I, I feel like I am ever the student and my habits are always changing and growing and adapting to where I am. Um, but I would say that I started to really get into the daily habits. Probably you're going to laugh probably Mm when, when Zach and I started being like a serious couple because he is such a believer, like so passionate about Brian's teachings. Like, Mm -hmm. and when he got on the path and, and with Brian and got connected to him, you know, he's so passionate and believes so deeply in, in the meditating and, and journaling and all of these things that Brian sort of talks about and gets you connected with that he introduced me to meditation. And I think that's where the spark landed was, Hmm. realizing that I could just put in, you know, it, it, it resonated with me being able to put in work every day and know that scientifically, like measurably, it would make a difference in who I am, my willpower and strength and how well I could give to my partner and my loved ones and the people that I connect with. Hmm. You know, a question came to mind off of that because I was wondering if before, like if, if you've dated other people or had other relationships that were people who weren't on the same like path, you know, the same kind mm-hmm. of like thinking, what the difference is, you know, like how, how value, like, has it been like a huge game changer to have a partner who's in that same sort of zone? Oh, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought, wait, maybe that was a weird question and she doesn't know what to say. No, yeah. like... Jane, I cannot tell you what a difference it makes. And to the, like, to, to the point where I think to myself, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm 24, Zach's 25 and we're really young, but I'm sitting here like, oh crap. Like if we don't work out, how, how am I ever going to go back to dating normal people? Because <laughs> normal people, <laughs> quote unquote, like the average, but it's true. You know, the average guy in my age group is maybe not on this path maybe not on this path yet right yeah I think that they have this mindset and don't get me wrong people my age are so beautiful and they have so much potential and I also think that they're not quite yet connected with this deeper meaning to their life Mm -hmm. and being able to grow and be resilient and the way that they approach relationships just just relationships, which is something I am incredibly passionate about is like effectively loving people and being a positive influence for the ones that you love. What I feel, and this is just what I feel in my heart, not what I know or what I've read or what I would bank on being true, but what feels true to me is that it's almost like a cross section at the cross section of compassion and empowerment Mm -hmm. or empathy and empowerment where you know that what you you do will make a difference and that you can have better if you work at it and also treating others well and understanding other people's pain and being being willing to look at others pain you know and not turn turn off your emotions when someone else is hurting or turn away from their pain because you feel it deeply inside yourself as well. Mm-hmm. So tell me <laughs> this. What is the next big thing that you're excited about doing? Such a great question. So 
I am super gung-ho right now about getting into my spirituality. And what do you mean by that? Well, up until I went and did my yoga teacher training, I Mm -hmm. wouldn't have considered myself spiritual. I maybe would have considered myself like agnostic, like thinking that there's something greater out there, but not really being super interested in it or interested in figuring out what that is. And in the training, we touched on spirituality and um, philosophy of the philosophy of yoga and the background. And it sparked something in me because I just felt like it had, it was on topic to my life, you know, figuring out why I'm here, figuring out how you know, I have all these things that I'm interested in, figuring it out, how to take these things and like pick between them and give back the most or the best while still being able to feel fulfilled, you know? Mm-hmm. And when we started talking about spirituality and that your purpose in this world, there was one quote in one of the books that we were reading and it was, it went something like, the tree exists to create shade for people, you know, the flower blooms to create smell, the candle exists to give light. Everything in this world is made in service of others. Why do we as humans believe that we are the sole things on this planet that are made to serve ourselves? Huh? Yeah. And that like shook me like really like to the foundation of my pinky toes I was shaken and I was like this is this is the truth like this is my truth that I am not here for myself like that Hmm. my purpose on this earth whatever I am here for it is to be in service of others and there was a second quote literally later on that page that was Like, yes, of course you make money. Of course you have a house. Of course you eat food. You have a bed to sleep in so that you are well well rested. And in the morning you can go and be of service. You eat so that you are nourished, so that you can stay up and give your best to others. And you have a home so that you're safe and clothes so that you're warm and money to have a life that allows you to give to others. But everything is done in service of others whether that's, it's the world. That's a beautiful way to look at it. I've never really heard it presented that way, which is kind of surprising to me now. Because yeah. I think so often, at least, and maybe this is me, you know, where I'm going, well, what will make me happy? And I don't mean it in like the sense of like, I want a Maserati. I mean, more in mm-hmm. the sense of <laughs> what peaceful existence, you know, like what will, like, where am I in bliss? Where am I in yeah. peace? Where am I? But but I need to turn that around a lot more and say what doing like doing this, I feel like has some level of service in it. I, I can't yeah. really define it. I won't define it on the, this call, but there's some level of service and in sharing people's inspiration with people. And that's where I'm in bliss. So this is kind of a serves double, right? It serves yeah. others and it serves me at the same time. But that's a really, I think we get so caught up in, well, am I happy? And I rarely ask myself that question anymore, but it's more, Am I productive, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yes. But I think, and I think being in service is even a better way of looking at it. Yeah. And I, you know, again, in yoga, they were t- in our yoga teacher training. They talked a lot about your happiness is going to come 
like your contentment is going to come when you kind of let go of it and start living your life from this perspective of being of service, you know, like eventually, like you said, you don't have to ask yourself as much anymore because you're doing something great with your life. Mm -hmm. Even if it's small, like so small, if it's making enough money so that you have, you always have change in your pocket to give to, you know, people that you pass on the street so they can have a little bit of food or always making a second lunch so that you can give that to someone on the street. It's, one person Mm -hmm. every single day, but your happiness increases because you're literally a vessel of service. And I've found that too, that when I'm, when I'm getting up and I'm doing things and I'm keeping in mind, I'm doing these to be my best self so that I can give the most and the most high quality to others without even meaning to, I'm happy. I've taken the pressure off myself almost. Well, it sounds to me like through this windy path of Canada, Germany, Australia, <laughs> and Bali, you definitely have found your way onto the the next thing. I mean, there may be something in the future, but this is the right place, the right thing for you to be doing now. And I think you'll be amazing, for sure, amazing at it. And it's so beautiful to watch your journey. So um, I have to tell you that I feel pretty lucky for that. Um, oh, thank you. I'm so lucky that we got to talk. I, I feel really lucky and thank you. Yeah. So one thing I want to do though is you have a you have an Instagram now for your yoga, right? I do. Um, my handle or my name on Instagram is Chani, C-H-A-N-Y period yoga. All right. So people will have to check that out and see what you're up to there. I, in fact, I have to check that out. Um, so I wanted to thank you again for being here. I think we went so many different ways. In fact, um, <laughs> I feel like I need to go meditate and reflect a little bit right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> I feel it too. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was so good getting to know you. Oh, and thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad we got to talk and yeah, it's just been such a great conversation. And thank you for so much for all these amazing questions. You helped me sort of expand my own understanding and mm-hmm. look at myself and my actions and my life with kind of a, a new lens. Yeah, I think we're going to have a great time in California. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Now we've got all this worked out. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, I will I- see you there in like a week. It's like a week. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know, I know. Almost, almost a week. I guess a week and a half. But yeah, very soon. <gasps> All right, well, see you both there and be ready for a big handshake. Tell Zach I'm I'm ready. I've got my handshake ready. (laughs) I will tell him, definitely. All right, bye now. Bye. It was such a pleasure talking with Chani. She's just such a bright light and she's doing so many things that are intentional. You know, she's not just sort of like wandering aimlessly, doesn't know what her purpose is. She's not super like so laser focused that she's not feeding the things that light her up. I mean, it's a really great balance. One of the things that I thought of after the show, though, that's sort of been pondering in my mind, like I don't know if it's possible, but I wish I could do it. Everybody gets a label, right? So in, in essence, Chani's in that millennial group and people have all these presumptions about the group and they make you know all these generalizations just like they do about elderly or about middle-aged or about whatever there's all those things but I wish you could meet someone and not have any of those wouldn't that be amazing like how to strip your mind of all of that just meet somebody and not know their age or their race or their religion or what their culture or where they're from or what what bucket that you want to put them into and just take them as they are I'm going to try to do that see if I can practice that. I hope you will too. Until next time.
So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.